Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. And welcome to Love and Other Investments. Um, Our episode today, we're going to talk about a financial breach of trust. That time when you suddenly find yourself quite angry or hurt um, because of something that the your other partner has done financially um, that quite frankly has done you some has done you dirty done you wrong done you wrong and now you're trying to figure out it's like your it's like an affair is that what you're saying like a financial affair financially cheating i mean it's it's, it, it can feel that way oh i'm sure i mean it can be pretty intense um but give us an example well, you know, you you you're let's say you're the person who typically takes care of the of the finances. Yeah. You have a normal ebb and flow of money in and money out. And you get to the end of the month and you know that there should be X amount of dollars in the checking account and you go look and it's suddenly a much smaller amount. Yeah. Or you open up your savings, you open up your app to check your savings balance and you know, there used to be $8,000 in there, and now there's $1,500. Uh-huh. And your first reaction is, oh, no, my account's been hacked. Come to find out. <laughs> by your partner? It was by your partner. Um, ouch. Ouch. You know, yeah. so it can be that way. It can be on the discovery of, of money that has been spent. And remember, we've said this before, once you spend it, it's gone. You don't get to spend it twice. Right. Um, and, and so there's a sense of immediate loss. But I like the one you were, you were kind of headed there. You, I like the one where you're the one in charge of the money and there's a thousand dollars left over at the end of the month that you think it's yours to spend. And then your partner maybe doesn't realize that until much later. And they spent it and they spent it or they didn't. And they just think, Oh, you know, you, you just bought yourself a new toy and didn't talk to me about it. Right. You know, and it can happen not just on the income side. It can happen on the expense side. You know, you we kind of get in rhythms. You know, you know how much your MasterCard bill is roughly every month. You know, what how much you guys put on the, you know, the credit app every month. And suddenly one month, it's huge. So you go scanning really quickly through the statement. And there's a big number in there that you don't know what it is. And, you know, maybe hope against hope. You're saying, you know, hopefully somebody just frauded our account and mm-hmm. American Express will refund this back promptly. Mm-hmm. And you hear from the other end of the room, oh no, nope, nope, that was me. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> so, you know, these can be these are kind of the more typical trust yeah. breaches that we that sure. we would see. But there's also the the big ones. The gambling ones. The gambling, the you know, and it and it can come from lots of disorders or addictions. Sure. Um, that we could that we could talk about, but but you know these are times where you know legitimately you've got somebody who's in a destructive pattern um, that could really break, quite frankly, break yeah. um, the safety of the family. Sure, and um, you know those are terrible things to go through, and and maybe someday we're going to do an you know kind of an episode on how to triage some of those things. Mm. But I think what we're going to focus on today is. Um, maybe put this in the category of sometimes little things turn into big things because mm-hmm. I think that's the more common experience. Yeah. So t- tell us what you mean, because I think you have a specific thing in mind. Well, you know, um, again, we find ourselves feeling a certain, I'll just use the word, a certain entitlement to do things the way that we've done them in the past. 
And, you know, maybe it's, it's a lot of little things. Maybe it's a bunch of trips to Starbucks. Maybe it's a bunch of trips to the um, sporting goods store. Maybe it's, um, you know, a bunch of trips for, you know, for pedicures and, and, and other things. But, but we're doing them because, hey, life has been really stressful recently. Um, you know, I need to spend extra time with my girlfriends or, or whatever it is. There's, a, there's something going on, and you are now consuming uh, more money um, on a monthly basis than what, what you, you and your partner were used to you consuming. Mm-hmm. And individually, those little transactions don't seem to make a big deal out of it. But come the end of the month, when, there's a, when, it, when it adds up, um, all of a sudden you find yourself, if you're the person doing the spending, you find yourself on the, on the wrong end of a very hard argument um, over the last purchase that you made. Yeah, and I think you, I think you were um, sort of implying that sometimes these resentments can be over small purchases. So maybe there will be a kind of lack of conversation about these purchases and 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 then they sort of the resentment builds up you know over some period of time and then that one starbucks run you know that costs six dollars or whatever it was Mm -hmm. is the straw that breaks the camel's back and suddenly there's this outpouring of anger or frustration or accusation or whatever it is that the other one has been spending too much money and they should stop going to starbucks when in fact it's not just the Starbucks, right? It's the Starbucks plus, you know, 20 other purchases that have been not discussed. Right. And of course, if you're on the receiving end of that, you go, I can't believe this. You must be having, you know, you must be having a bad day because you are ripping me over $6. Right. And so you're the problem. Right. You know, you're irrational, unreasonable. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about this with you. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, a lot of times how we argue I mean, you might, I don't know, as a marriage and family therapist, do you think it's important how we argue? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have done if I had said, no, it's not important? <laughs> yes. So, you know, I think part of this starts off with, you know, how do we, how do we get used to communicating about what the real problem is? Right. How, how do you change how you communicate or what you communicate about or your attitude about the other mm-hmm. in order to make the conflict that has arisen, you know, reasonably resolvable. Yeah. So I want to get into some specifics because one of the things that Jeff and I talked about as we were kind of prepping for, for this episode is everybody's experience is going to be unique to them. So there is no one band aid that we can give you on right. the concept of financial you know, breach of trust because your breach of trust is, is going to be inherently different than anyone else's. Yeah. Um, and you and your spouse are, are unique individuals that come from unique backgrounds. Um, and the, the recipe for building this conflict um, probably didn't happen overnight. No. And it's, and it probably finally just simmered over to the point or boiled over to the point that it's gone from small, even cute, to annoying, to now, wow, how did we get to seriously where we're seriously arguing about all of these things? Like, I don't know you, and you don't respect me, and yes. you know, you're know you going to wreck us. 
Yeah. And you're going, or even the Whoa. I'm done. That's the, that's sometimes I'll hear that one. I'm yeah. done. Right. I'm done. Meaning the relationship is over. I can't I'm trust done. you. Yeah. All of these things that have, that have built from a period of small annoyances to big breach. Right. So one of the things that Jeff and I always talk about and um, repeating things isn't a bad idea here is we have got to, as couples, um, especially over the years, we've got to work our way to being on the same page together. Yes. So we, we have a certain amount of resources. We have a certain amount of obligations. Um, and we have things that we need to understand that we have prioritized together. So obviously, if we're having a significant argument, and if trust is now on the table, I can trust you or I can't trust you. If trust is on the table, which is pretty central to a relationship, yeah. Um, then there's something going on in how we're utilizing our shared resources that is driving a wedge between two people. Right. And I think I would argue that before you attempt to solve the problem of dollars, you know, that's the, that's the math problem that, that you know, stirred up this whole argument that someone might have had. Right, that you have to repair the trust. Mm-hmm. That the emotional component of the thing is more important than the pragmatic for the time being. Yeah, it's it's necessary to tackle that first. Yeah, if you if you start trying to rebuild things with, okay, we're going to work on this, but you need to know I will never trust anything you say. Yeah, I mean, what's yeah? You're, I mean, you're not you're going, not going forward. Yeah. So one of the things that that I encourage people to take a look at is um, starting to examine what are the transactions, what are the purchases um, that are bothering the other person. So literally an accounting of what are these things that we're looking at, making sure, and the other person needs to be willing to see those transactions, not defensively, but just this is the stuff that's bugging the other person. It's just a matter of fact. It's just a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, if I'm leaving my shoes in the living room um, and my wife says, it's really annoying to me that you're leaving your shoes in the living room, I at least know what it is that's bugging her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, you know, if she says, well, you just do things that bother me, that's not, we're not, not specific. Yeah. yeah. So we need to be specific about what it is um, that is causing the financial stress from a, from a transactional standpoint. Um, you need to, if you're the person making those transactions, you need to be able to hear them. And if you're the person presenting those transactions, the next phase that, that I think you've got to go through is to have an opportunity for the other person to explain um, why those transactions are important to them. I mean, you're asking, you, you, so you're asking for them to come to a conversation about what it means. Yes. Okay. You know, when you... If you're going to Starbucks two or three times a day, it's not just that you like Starbucks. It's something else. There's, there's something else, you know, why is, you know, cause you can drink a glass of water. You can have coffee at the office. You can, you know, what is it? Does that, Yeah, you can make your own coffee. That's maybe even better than Starbucks. Yeah. And cheaper. Sure. So there's something about going there that makes you feel a certain way, or um, maybe you're escaping a certain thing and that's the place that you escape to and it would look really weird for you to walk in there and not walk out with something. <laughs> right, right, right. 
But you're you're pointing to to a, an idea that you and I discussed before we started, which is that perhaps in this particular example of Starbucks, right? Perhaps there's a kind of medication being applied to the circumstance. You realize that Starbucks is not going to send us any gift cards for this yeah, episode. Yeah, well, that's okay. I actually don't drink coffee, so it's working out for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, So you're, but, but just to this specific example, you're sort of implying, I think, or I'm inferring that perhaps the meaning, one meaning of those particular purchases could be there's a kind of medication being applied to a circuit, to a feeling or an unwanted feeling or an unwanted circumstance. And therefore, you know, it, it's not just, you know, a, a cup of coffee. It's an antidote to something. Yeah. And, and those could be, um, you know, and, and the list could be endless, right? We could yeah. be talking about, you know, pedicures or massages. We could be talking about shoes, shoes or Golf clothing clubs. or, you know, weekends or time with friends right. or, um, you know, right stuff for those tools for the garage. Yeah. Whatever your hobby is that, that money's being spent on. Right. Um, the list is, and that's why it's, it's important to understand that each, each couple that's going through this current set of, of arguments is going to be dealing with their own unique set of circumstances. But once we can part one, identify which actual transactions are creating stress for one person. The next step might be to have an opportunity to kind of explore why those transactions are important. Um, you know, what is it that, that you get by spending that money and buying that thing or that service? And I, would, I want to add a kind of pro tip yep. here. So when you get to this spot and you're having a conversation about what that thing means to them, the purchase means to them, I think it's really important to be open to the possibility that it could have more than one meaning mm -hmm. or more than one purpose. You know, on the, on the surface, the purpose is, in the example we're using with Starbucks, which is just to get coffee, right? That, that's the surface level function of that purchase. And maybe one layer in, it's, you know, it's a kind of soothing, right? Like this, it's warm and it causes me to to feel a certain way and I didn't like how I was feeling before so I so so I'm medicating myself with it in some way mm -hmm. but we might find that there are other meanings as well I needed to get out of the office because you know my boss was yelling at me or um, I'm trying to avoid some difficult circumstance that I'm in and can't talk about mm -hmm. or I mean I you know that's also an infinite number of possibilities right but just the pro tip is when you get to the discussion of what does this mean to you remember that it's probably not just one meaning sure that, can can i do something really dumb please so let's take this let's let's take a story here um that has absolutely nothing to do with finances to kind of make our point okay so let's say that when you unload the dishwasher and you're putting the silverware away you think it's funny to put one fork in the spoon okay. holder. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And your uh, your wife at the beginning thinks it's kind of cute. And as the years roll on, it makes her more and more angry <laughs> that you keep doing this. Yeah. Now, obviously, you and I know this is funny and it's pointless. And it, it's and a little it, prank. It's a little prank. 
And in fact, this this is not there. Um, this is a fully made up story. We're not. We're not. <laughs> you're not. You're not doing this at home. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're not confessing. <laughs> no, I'm, I promise. I'm making this up. <laughs> but there literally could be a moment where you know you get this fork thrown at you out of anger, frustration, right? Yeah. Like stop messing with me. Right. It was funny the first time, but not the thousandth. Right. Now, any goodwilled rational male who's been putting a fork in the spoon drawer would say, hmm, maybe I've pushed this a little too far <laughs> and would stop. That's right? not gender specific though. That any, no. Right. Okay. But you see my point, right? Hey, this makes her really mad. I thought it was funny. It was, it was enjoyable to me, <laughs> but I'm going to stop doing this. Right. Yeah. But if we're back to our Starbucks or whoever, whatever the thing is, right. And I've got somebody angry with me, mm-hmm. and yet I don't go, oh, well, that's annoying to this person. This is causing frustration and stress in our relationship. I'll just stop doing it. If you find yourself going, I don't want to stop, or I can't stop, mm-hmm. or I feel compelled, or I feel uh, what might be another feeling that you have is, is I, I feel uh, constrained that you won't let me do this anymore. Yeah, like trapped. Trapped. Mm-hmm. Would you say that those would be some pretty good indicators that there's something to find out? For sure. Can you help? I'm a, I'm a rookie. It out. I'm a rookie. But could you talk about why it might be that I might next week stick that fork back in the spoon? I drawer? mean, there's a thousand reasons, right? Like we'd have to know, <laughs> we'd have to know what was going on, but for a specific person. But, you know, in that scenario that you're describing, there's, that uh, if you continue to put the fork in the spoons uh, spot, then I would say this is an expression of some aggression. If after you know it really bothers your wife, she's angry about it, she's hurt about it, it's done, she is so ready to be over that little joke, it's not Mm -hmm. funny anymore, and you keep doing it, this is an aggression. Mm -hmm. There could be lots of reasons why people might do that. For instance they may feel as if some other part of their life is being controlled or, you know, they're being hurt in some way. And this is their pathway to express it without being direct. So before we open up Pandora's box here, right. And talk about all the reasons that all of us as human beings are nuttier than fruitcake. Right. Let's just take this moment to say, this is the point of why we want to talk about this epi- talk in this episode about this trust issue, this breach issue, is because sometimes a spoon or a fork isn't just a fork. That's right. And we want to believe that a trip to Starbucks is just because I want a Starbucks. Right. And we don't we don't typically um, we aren't typically curious enough to realize that when something is creating stress in a relationship, that there's some things that we need to explore together. Right. And I need to be open in communicating and recognize that I may not even fully grasp why this is important to me. But I can probably grasp the idea that if we're arguing over something stupid, then there's something bigger going on that would be worth figuring out together. Sure. And in the situation you're describing where there's an explicit and intentional act of aggression, even if it's small. I'm not talking about hitting someone. I'm just, you know, the fork in the wrong spot. 
it's time. It's time to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. That you know, y- you would need to have such a huge change in attitude to work that out mm-hmm. with your partner. Mm-hmm. That it would be really tough to do on your own. Right. That said, you know, I think it's really critical that if you want to make that kind of a change, you're trying to understand what's going on in a situation. There's been a breach of trust and you're trying to figure it out. You know, I think there's some basic principles that we often discuss. You need to be open. That means whatever your partner's perspective of you is not something to immediately deny or dismiss or defend against. Whatever they're saying about you might have a kernel of truth in it. It's probably smart to figure out what that means to them. Mm-hmm. The second is to, to function in from a place of you know, giving the benefit of the doubt. Just because they have a critique of you or criticism of you doesn't mean that they, they hate all of you. They might hate you once in a while. They might even hate you right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, that doesn't mean that they have jettisoned the relationship and they want to get rid of you. Mm -hmm. So it's important, you know, for us to be open to the critique and to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think the third would be to behave with kindness. Assume having given the benefit of the doubt that the best move forward is not with heated exchange when your emotions come to a spot that they become overwhelming to you, the chance of resolving any conflict plummets. So it's really important to find a space of calmness in order to resolve especially serious issues. And, and, and I think lastly, it's extremely important that we have empathy for our partners. Like I've said before, and I'll say a thousand times again, I'm sure, you know, our, our own experience is important and we shouldn't just let it go. It's, Mm -hmm. it's important for the relationship, but it's also important to understand the experience your partner has from their vantage point, not in a, not from an attitude or space where you're arguing with them, but rather seeing it through their eyes and when you can do that, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to let go of your own perspective. You don't, you don't have to adopt their, you don't even have to agree with their perspective. Mm-hmm. You have to understand their perspective <clears throat> and, and assume that they're coming to that honestly, you know, with, with some kind of um, reaction that's born out of their experience in life. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think at that point we're, we're at a spot where we're sort of, opening up to the possibility of actually getting to some meaningful change. You know, um, the specifics for a certain person's uh, circumstance might dictate particular directions that we can't possibly explore here. Absolutely. And I think what you're, you've said lots of different things, um, but I think you could probably couch them all or wrap them all up in the idea of of, of what love in a relationship really looks like. For sure. And I know, you know, early in a relationship, when you're dating, when you're courting, when you're, you know, freshly married, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out how not to annoy this other person because they have decided to, to love you, which is wonderful and it's right. great. And right. you want more of that. Right. And at some point in the relationship, you kind of get down to just being you, um, you know, in some ways that's, 
you with all of your baggage. Um, it's exhausting to hide it all the time, yeah. right? And so as we become more comfortable with each other, um, we tend to be a little bit more ourselves, warts and all. Yeah. But in a relevant... Which in is a good. Yeah, which is good. But in a loving relationship, we learn to work through that um, together. Yeah. And, you know, realize that, you know, this... You know, do I love my spouse more than I love my hobby? Do I love my spouse more than yes. I love right. a, a Starbucks? Right. Do, do I love That's a right. pedicure? And, you know, the answer needs to be yes. That doesn't mean that that solves all your problems by saying yes. Right. But it does set the stage. It sets the, the conditions by which you're going to be curious and say, hey, we have something that I'm struggling letting go of this and it's causing you pain and frustration um, and we're not meeting our goals financially. Um, we need to work this out together, whether that involves me and slash us um, getting somebody to help us do that or whether it just, you know, quite frankly, is us together being curious about why and I the, seem to not want to let go of this. Yeah, doing the hard work. And doing the hard yeah. work. Right. So, a breach of trust really, I think, in a lot of ways is, I don't want to call it an opportunity, but it's a, it's a moment where the flag goes up and you have to say to yourselves, hey, we love each other. We've made a commitment to work through this. Something has exposed itself, um, and we need to research it. We need to find out what it is, um, and we need to do it together yeah. in, a, in, a, in a trusting, exploring way right it comes to a solution that's beneficial yeah for you both. gotta in, you gotta invest the time and the energy and the attitude yeah and yeah. don't put forks in the spoon yeah you're not saying that from experience though. no i've never done that but now i'm suddenly <laughs> wondering how that would go at home. so i'll check I'm pretty back sure in. you know how it would go <laughs> i'll check back in in a couple of weeks and let you know if i'm still alive all right sounds good <laughs> all right everyone thanks for joining us so we'll see you next time all right